Clark W. Griswold receives his Christmas bonus from his stingy boss. He's expecting a big check. Instead, he receives what? A year's subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. His disappointment is overwhelming, and I would not recommend giving this gift as a gift to anyone unless you're planning on giving them something else also. So Clark's cousin, Cousin Eddie, who's well-meaning and very uncomprehending, offers this encouragement to Clark. Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And when Eddie finally gets it, what has happened? Mayhem ensues until Clark's boss is eventually uh, promising him the big check and promising not to press charges for kidnapping. Now, each Christmas, we celebrate a much better gift, which requires no kidnapping, no risk of bankruptcy, and at least in our current situation and our current climate in our nation, no SWAT teams crashing through our living room windows. We're going to read from Isaiah chapter 9, 6 and 7, and we're in the Christmas season, and we're not reading the exact Christmas story today from Luke 2, but we're reading some prophecy about the birth of Jesus. And I'm reading from the ESV, Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now, Isaiah had also prophesied uh, in chapter 7. They didn't have chapters, but uh, it was recorded for us in Isaiah chapter 7, uh, 14, that the son to be born would be born to a virgin, and his name would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Another prophet named Micah, a contemporary of Isaiah, prophesied that this birth would take place in the tiny town of Bethlehem and that this son would be ruler of Israel whose coming is from ancient times. That's from Micah chapter 5, verses 2 through 4. So both Isaiah and Micah prophesied more than 700 years before Jesus was born about his birth. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The Christian Standard Bible words it this way, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us. Jesus is that son born for us and given to us. So who is this Jesus and what does it mean that he is given for us and given to us? The gospel accounts of his life reveal that Jesus was opposed by the human governing authority of his day. 
This began with Herod the Great, who tried to have him executed as a baby, and continued all the way to the Jewish high priest and to Pilate, the governor representing Rome, who ultimately did execute Jesus. However, the government will be on his shoulders is not speaking of an oppressive government weighing him down. It's speaking of the divine authority and the administration of God's kingdom that rests upon Jesus. So how is this a gift to us? Isaiah gives us four names, four titles uh, that go along with his name. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. That's the first one. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. The amazing wisdom of God is revealed through Jesus. It's amazing. It's awe-inspiring. It's wisdom for our lives, wisdom for salvation, but also just wisdom for what to do. God, I'm not sure what to do in this situation. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. He has all the wisdom that we need. Secondly, he is mighty God. His name will be called mighty God. He comes with divine strength. Jesus is the full strength of God on display. God's power and might to rescue us from sin is revealed through Jesus. God's ultimate defeat of sin and death is shown in Christ and all the strength we need is found in him. Thirdly, his name will be called eternal father. Now, Jesus is the exact representation of the father. We find that out uh, in Colossians, a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. Colossians 1.15 and also in 2.9, we're discovering that Jesus exactly represents the Father. Now, he is not the Father. It's not that God the Son and God the Father are the exact same person, but they are one together. We start entering into the mystery of the Trinity. But Jesus does exactly what the Father does. They are in complete agreement. So when you see Jesus giving the gift of forgiveness, the Father is forgiving too. When you see Jesus healing the sick, he's carrying out the Father's will. When you see Jesus promising everlasting, never-ending life, he is promising full inclusion in the eternal life of God himself. Jesus is one with the Father, so close, so near, that his name will be called Eternal Father or Everlasting father. Now, this father will never leave us. The father heart of God will never abandon his children. He will never forsake us. And you may think, well, I live in a difficult life. If God is with me, if God is my eternal father, my own father was not so good. I'm not speaking of my dad, but you might think my father was not so good. Is God like that? No. God is perfect in his fathering. 
He's perfect in his love. He knows how even to discipline us in a way that continues to lead us into life. His fathering is good, and that is the fatherhood of God that will never end for you and for all of us whose faith and trust and hope is in Jesus. Now, we have to keep an eternal perspective in this. Jesus, too, was born into a fallen world, and he lived with difficulty. But Jesus was born into that fallen world, this fallen world, to bring redemption and freedom to a broken people and to a broken place. And we need to remember the kingdom of God that Jesus is bringing is now, yes, there is a fulfillment of it now, but the ultimate fulfillment of the kingdom is not yet. It's still on the way. There is more of his kingdom yet to be revealed. As much as we can know of God's fathering now, what is yet to come is even better. His fatherhood is eternal. Fourthly, Jesus, his name will be called Prince of Peace. He is the captain of our peace. He is the chief of peace. He is the ruler of peace. Eugene Peterson calls him the Prince of Wholeness. That's what this word shalom, where we get peace from, Shalom is, is how you say it in, in Hebrew. It means wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Now, I remember uh, in 1991, I, I turned 13 in 1990. Uh, so I was a young teenager. In 1991, the rock band Extreme, they spoke of a lack of peace with their song, wholehearted. Now that's whole, H-O-L-E, wholehearted. And they sang, there's a hole in my heart that can only be filled by you. And this hole in my heart can't be filled with the things I do. There is a wholeness that only Jesus can bring. He alone is the prince of peace. And there's nothing else that can fill that hole in our hearts outside of the peace that comes in knowing Christ. The peace that comes in surrendering to him as our prince, our captain, our chief, our ruler of peace. God's authority brought to bear and applied to our lives brings a peace and wholeness even in the midst of chaos, trouble, stingy bosses, or cousin Eddie's. Now, all of that is just found in verse 6, Isaiah 9, 6. Verse 7 goes on to tell us that of the increase of his government, of Jesus' government and peace, there will be no end. There may be opposition, We could even find ourselves opposing Jesus' rule and reign in our own lives, but he will win. There's no stopping the advance and the increase of Jesus' rule and reign. We may live in a part of the world where we are not experiencing radical revival like we would like, 
and we pray and we press in and go, God, we want more of you. But that does not mean God's kingdom is not advancing and that his government and his peace is not advancing. Way more than half of the charismatic Christians in the world are in the southern hemisphere. And the gospel is, in a really good way, just exploding in the south. And we in the north can see that. And I hope we get, in a good way, get a little bit jealous. Say, oh, God, we see you doing it there. Do it here. Bring your kingdom. Bring your government and your peace. We're not talking about national governments or the governments of men. We're talking about the rule and reign of Jesus. Jesus, Isaiah 7 or 9, 7 goes on, says, Jesus will rule and reign forever on the throne of David. All the promises of God made to Israel, made to the people of God, are fulfilled in Jesus, the son of David. Jesus is the forever ruler. He's never going to be unseated from this throne. Jesus rules and reigns and all the promises are fulfilled in him and in his kingship. We can walk into the full promise of God. Jesus will establish and sustain this kingdom with perfect justice and righteousness from now on and forever. You hear that? There is such a thing as perfect justice, perfect righteousness that can be expressed in both mercy and in truth. Now, we might fall short in this. That's the nice way to say it. We definitely fall short in this. Governments fall short in this, but Jesus never falls short in this, he knows how to bring perfect justice and righteousness. The cross is the perfect example of Jesus becoming the gift we needed. Someone to take our sin and the punishment for our sin upon himself so that God could be just. He could express his justice and forgive us. He could be just in forgiving us, freeing us, welcoming us into his presence, filling our very lives now with his spirit and enabling us to honor and enjoy him. Jesus is the one who does this. Jesus is both the establisher, he will establish the kingdom, and he's the sustainer. He will sustain the kingdom. He takes the responsibility of the kingdom of God upon himself. That is excellent news. The last thing that Isaiah says here in verse 7, who is going to accomplish all of this? The zeal of the Lord of armies, or the Lord of hosts, the zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. God's own passion for his people burns in Jesus. The Lord of armies is bringing his full power, his full energy, and his, in a good way, jealous love. Bringing all of that to bear 
to accomplish what? To bring God's wisdom, to bring God's strength, to bring God's eternal, faithful, and parental family care, instruction, and direction, to bring God's kingdom of wholeness. And all of this is revealed in the gift of Jesus, the Son of God, born in Bethlehem to a virgin named Mary. Jesus is given unto us, born for us, not just for someone else, but for us, bringing and offering everlasting life and peace, strength and wisdom that far exceeds anything this world can offer. And today, I have the privilege of sharing that good news, this amazing story, and extending this gift to you. The question is, will you receive Jesus as Prince and Lord over your life? This Jesus who's called Emmanuel, who's called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Will you say, Jesus, yes, I receive you and the gift of your freedom, your life in my life. Father, we thank you so much for this gift that is ours in Jesus Christ, the son of David, born of a virgin in Bethlehem, who lived representing you perfectly, who showed us what your love is like, what your father heart is like, who went to the cross carrying our sin, taking our sin and the judgment that was due to our sin upon himself. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for partnering with the Father. Thank you for doing this for us and for sending your spirit to fill our lives and enable us to enjoy this good gift that you have won for us even now. We praise you for that this Christmas. Lord, we want to remember well and celebrate well what you have done for us. And we thank you for being such a good gift for us. We love you and praise you. Amen. Amen. 